Hello, good evening and welcome back to another edition of The Social Club brought to you by tvsportsblog.com. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and I'm delighted to be joined once again by the brilliant Aaron Paul. Welcome back to the show, mate. How, you doing, How are pal? you coping with lockdown? Yeah, good, um, not bad. Not bad. You know what? Better than, than a few weeks ago. I thought I was cracking up a few weeks ago, but... Sorry, apologies. I'm in my spare room. There's just stuff all around me. Um, yeah, better. You know, I've been out. I've done a, a couple of cuts of the pitch outside. You know, giving it a giving it a good working over. But um, ticking over, Harry. What about yourself? All good? Yeah, can't complain, mate. Can't complain. We're getting by. Um, I would probably say that today I'm having one of my demotivated days, and um, I've had a few of these during lockdown. Um, and it stems from a number of things, doesn't it? There's no football which means the work that we do makes you feel a little bit useless at times. Um, you know, you're just kind of finding things to fill the time with. And it, it does feel a little bit forced at times. And I guess that's where it stems from. So having a little bit of a demotivated day, but um, I'm sure I'll be fine tomorrow. So we'll, we'll, we move, we move forward, don't we? We hope, um, yeah. Yeah, we will. Don't worry. We'll get there eventually. Let's talk about the Premier League's uh, project restart. Now, we haven't spoken since all these plans have come about and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Um, we keep hearing different developments from day to day about how the Premier League might return, some of the protocols that will need to be followed. First of all, in your opinion, is it too soon to bring the Premier League back? In my opinion, yes. But in the opinion of Boris, Boris Johnson and the government, then no. You know, uh, if it was too soon, then the measures that they've taken and implemented for today wouldn't have happened. Um, it's it's a funny one for me because I sit here and I think to myself, we're we're basically fighting against something which is invisible. It's completely invisible. It's lifeless. It's colourless. It's there's no smell. There's no, uh, you know, there's no visible visible indicators of it. We we don't know what is going on with this virus at all. And let's be fair, we don't really know what our leaders are doing either. I think the Premier League has proven in the steps that it's taken and this whole ambitious project restart that it is all about money. Absolutely. All it's interested in is money. And I don't know, are we allowed to swear on this? Are we not allowed to swear on this? Are we, we are absolutely yeah. allowed to say whatever you feel. They are it. shitting themselves. They are absolutely shitting themselves at the at the the thought of, of refunds having to go to places, clubs having to refund broadcasters clubs having to refund people because they know that it could cause a serious implosion there could be effectively um a, a recession a, a premier league a football recession where players their, their values drop the wages drop the money drops everything drops um and all the work that the premier league has put in in the last what 30 years 28, 30 years to try and build itself into this absolute machine, which let's be fair, I'd say in the past two, three seasons, it's proven it is an absolute machine. Um, it would it would become it become null and void, it'd become nothing. Now, if you look at the football league, they've tried to hold off. Leagues one and two, clubs are now accepting their fate, the fact that they won't be going back and playing football. More importantly, I think the Premier League and the championship are very, very worried. The richest game in football, don't forget the playoff final. Imagine there's clubs out there, Fulham, Leeds, West Brom, you know, they've got enormous wage bills. Nottingham Forest, they're sitting there going, 
what we're going to do next year about FFP. What are we going to do? Um, you know, you know, with the money situation, and it all stems back down to it. So, going back to your idea and your question about Project Restart, this isn't a case of genuinely saying to ourselves, you know, what we need football back X Y Z. This is a case of saying we don't want to be lumbered with 350 million pound hole or 500 million pound hole or whatever it is. It's all to do with the numbers. Absolutely. Couldn't, couldn't disagree with you in, in anything that you've said there. It is all about money. And, you know, the fact that hundreds of people are still dying on a daily basis yeah. and we're even talking about football highlights that. That is enough for me to tell us all we need to know about the Premier League and their priorities. Now, do I have a little bit of sympathy for them? Um, I, I do have a little bit of sympathy in the sense that the Premier League is a business, it's a franchise, whatever you want to call it. And ultimately, everybody in the world, whether you run a small business or a large corporation, is struggling now. And this coronavirus is hitting everybody in the pocket. Um, and, and, you know, it's not the extremist of cases in the, when we're talking about the Premier League, where we're talking about people not being able to eat and people not being able to pay their bills. But they want to keep their business, their business that, as you rightly said, they've worked really, really hard to build over the last 30 odd years and they don't want to see it uh, taking steps backwards. So I understand that. But we're talking about human lives here. And for me, there is nothing that can rival a human life in terms of its importance. So uh, as much as I want to see football and it's this has affected me in so many ways, I've got nothing to do at the weekends. I'm being asked to do DIY that I've been putting off for the last two years. <laughs> I'm, you know, uh, it's impacted on my work. It's impacted on my social life. It's impacted in so many different ways. But even then, I can still see that football is just so insignificant when you're talking about people. And, you know, there's people that have lost loved ones and they can't go to funerals. They can't go and say their proper goodbye. So how on earth are we in a position where the Premier League are outlining ridiculous plans, in my opinion, uh, to try and bring the thing back? Now, we've heard some stuff about some of the protocols that are going to be introduced. We're hearing things like um, players not being able to tackle. I mean, that's ridiculous. Not being able to tackle in training. We're hearing that groups are going to be limited to, to five. We're hearing players are going to turn up in their own uh, kits and they're going to leave in their own that I understand you know that is limiting the contact but there are certain aspects of of our sport that you cannot do without contact how do you tell someone who's been brought up to play a game in a certain way to now all of a sudden turn off their instincts and play it in a different way so the next question I'm going to put to you Aaron is how can we play the game that we've been brought up on that everybody's learned to play with all these little rules and and regulations it, for me if you can't play it the way we've always played it that tells the story you can't it's going to make an absolute mockery of it an abs it, it's going to turn into a circus let's be fair i think what we've got to look at is i think there's going to be a very 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 keen eye on what happens in the bundesliga this weekend how things are managed tackling referees i mean the fair play handshake is going to what stretch out to about 44 meters if my calculations are correct 22 people 22 call it 25 50 meters effectively fit 25 times two you know they're all going to be stretched out along that that field um are they even allowed to handshake are they going to do with no, their they're just going to stand in a line with the with the um with, with the anthem playing the premier league anthem playing it just shows greed it shows pure 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 greed 
Um, they're just desperately trying any opportunity to to, to get something going again, um, and to, and to get this this back on. I mean, how you can even fathom no tackle? I mean, fine, you're not tackling in 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 training. What about in a game? Are you telling me a player's yes. urge is, is not going to be there where they're going to say, oh, you know what, I fancy going and two-footing him or, you know, I need to go and get the ball or, you know, there's a last-ditch shackle here or there to be made. At the end of the day, you're going to be bending the potential outcome of something. You're going to be just... just It's just not going to be the same. It's going to be very, very poor. I mean, they've talked about different rule changes, five subs, shorter halves. What, why, why are they doing this? Why can't they wait? I mean, yeah, I mean, with the five subs, I'm okay with that. Because of all the changes that they've proposed, for me, that's the one that sounds the least ridiculous because it isn't actually impacting on the way we're playing the game on the field. It just means that we're taking into account that fitness levels aren't going to be where they need to be. But, but hold on, no, no, hold on, hold on, wait, 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 wait. You're changing the rules of a competition which were outlined last June, this May, to carry on the same competition. That's not right. That means that what there's no there's no sense of fairness effectively because th- at the end of the day you should be playing the the same games all 38 games every team should be playing their 38 games with the same rules every game i agree with you in an ideal world but i think this this situation is unprecedented i know everyone uses that term all the time but for me if i've got to accept there being five substitutes i can't really take that much of an issue with that because just like you're going to be allowed five substitutes for the remaining nine fixtures or whatever it is. So are those teams that you're rivaled with. So for me, that's that's not the biggest of the issues. What What's your take on the neutral venues thing? Because I had a little bit of a rant uh, on the podcast earlier in the week about this. Now, again, I totally appreciate that people want to play their games at home. But if it's not possible, if it's not possible to police those grounds and ensure that people A, stay away, that the environment is as it should be to protect the players and the staff and the crews and everybody that's involved, then playing at a neutral venue, again, for me, it's not ideal, but is it the end of the world just, in your opinion? Just, just on a side note, what about the 50 people on the bus going to that neutral venue? Yeah, yeah. What about you're the 50 right, people on the right. bus going to the venue? They'll have to have what, 50 what, buses. What, what, what about the 50 people... Uh, you got two buses with with a with a team in each of it, plus officials, uh, kit men. You've got coaches, you've got physios, you've got docs, you've got a bus driver. Um, what about all them? What they're going to be sat next to each other on 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 a bus? Yeah. I mean, do you, do they not think that the Premier League is such a, a large animal? Do they not think that people will turn up to grounds? Come on, the, the thing Come the on. thing is though, this this all stems from. In my opinion, I know this is a football show, but this all stems from the government's instructions not being clear and not being concise. And in a way, you could argue that they've done that deliberately to allow them a little bit of flexibility in certain situations, because you can't be saying that construction workers and various other people have to start going back to work if they can. But then when it comes to athletes, say, and, and as the government did today, you cannot then say, oh, but they have a choice. They can refuse to go back to training. Well, what about your average person whose job is putting pressure on him to come back because that person fears losing their business? 
yeah. and has to use public transport and all that. What we're saying essentially is that athletes have more rights than the average person. And so that's where the problem is, isn't it? Because it's either one rule for everybody or you just relax. It's a the farce. Let's be, let's be fair. It's a farce. The whole thing is a farce. The way it's been dealt with by the government, the way, um, you know, this whole sort of project restart ambitious idea by the Premier League, it's, it's a complete and utter farce. We're getting to a point now in May. To be fair, I would say if they'd hit June and nothing's happened, I'd, I'd void it. Void it. Try and kick off again in August, September. It's the best thing they can do. August, September, try and kick it off again and 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 play the actual full season again. Don't scrap the League Cup. Don't scrap that. You, you don't really need to scrap Cups. Give clubs a time to recover. Give t- clubs a time to a chance to do their business because right now we're entering into messy territory. All this business about contracts, loan extensions, etc., etc. Some players who, who imagine you're a footballer and you 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 haven't played for whatever seventy percent of the season. A couple of players are now injured. They might have COVID. They might have done an ACL. They might have tripped up at home. And now your manager wants you to play, but you don't want to play. You're out of contract on the 30th of June, but they're proposing to extend the season. What are you going to do? You're caught between a rock and a hard place because you can walk out on the 30th of June and go, actually, well, you know what? I haven't played for 70% of the season, so I'm not going to fulfill that now. Why should I come and help you? It's just opening up more and more and more cans of worms. But... Ultimately, it just displays the greed of the Premier League. They want to get this done for financial reasons only because they know they've got broadcasters, rights holders breathing down their neck now going, well, you know what? We've sold subscriptions. We're having to refund people. So what are we doing with our money? It all comes down to the colour of the pound. That That is very, very simple. The EFL, you know what? I think this could be a turning point for the EFL. This could be a point where now clubs look at themselves in the mirror and go, we are breaking the bank two three seasons in a row desperately to try and get to the premier league look at us now because let me tell you something fulham have got a rich owner forest have got a rich owner but clubs like derby who have done it in the past they could be in a lot of trouble birmingham city in a lot of trouble you know leeds have splashed the cash west brom have splashed the cash there are on clubs the basis there. that they're gonna go up right of course on the basis that uh that you know they they're challenging for top two they're challenging for the playoffs in some instincts, clubs would rather get in the playoffs than the top two because they make more money out of it. You know, um, it it could be a real turning point for the championship in the EFL because financially, it's 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 just a, a a moral morally bankrupt playing field. The championship, you know, clubs breaking their backs to try and get into this Premier League, and 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 at the end of the day, what's it going to do for them? It's going to do nothing for them. Absolutely. Some great points. And you, you were right to point out earlier on that, of course, the the Bundesliga is is kicking off again this weekend. Um, I'm glad to be working on a live game. I can't wait. I mean, it's, it's that that's the levels we've reached in terms of boredom. Like, I'm really, really looking forward to it. And, and, you know, again, all eyes will be on Germany to see how they manage this. Now, the, the issue I have here is that I... When you look at the two the two countries and the way that they've been affected by the coronavirus, Germany have had a lot less deaths. Um, when I did a podcast last week and we looked it up previously, it was around about 6,000. I'm sure it's probably slightly increased since then. But when you compare that to the 30-odd thousand we've had here in the UK and the fact that the Germans have a larger population, 
that just highlights the, the difference in the way that this has been dealt with by the two respective nations. So when people are saying, oh, the Bundesliga is coming back, that means we can bring the Premier League back. That is absolute fucking nonsense because the, the situation is completely different. And you can also bet your bottom dollar that within their power, the Germans will do everything to make sure that they manage this in the best possible way. But you can't trust the authorities here and the Premier League because they've shown it's all about money to do that. Now, the Germans have been very open in saying the Bundesliga could be in trouble if we do not finish this season because the way it works over there, um, the television rights are paid in two installments. So they've received half, but they haven't received that second half and they were not going to receive it if their football didn't come back. But they've been open and, and transparent about that all along. They haven't hidden behind this thing about it being about entertaining the nation. Well, these footballers are not clowns. They're not there for our entertainment, are they? They're human beings. And mm. you can just see, can't you, the, the complete contrasting attitudes and approaches from the two authorities. You, you, you like to think that the Germans have done it with an element of responsibility as well. They're, they're, they're thinking themselves... You know, we'll, we'll try and do this in a half decent manner with the Premier League. It just it just stinks of greed. That's all it smells of. I mean, I'm looking at Serie A as well. They're aiming for a June 13th restart. I think that's highly, highly ambitious. It's just going to be interesting to see what happens when these clubs go back to training, when they go back and try and um, build some routine, some norm normality again, because... I, I can what if there's a second wave? What if this gets scrapped again? If if we, we play two rounds of fixtures and um two rounds of fixtures, for example, in the Premier League and there's a second outbreak, what, what are we gonna do then? Scrap it. Have they made a decision? Is there a contingency plan? There's nothing. I'm worried right now that that is going to happen because let's be fair again, with crowds in this country, you, you can't tell what they're going to do. A lot of fans will just turn up. They will turn up, they'll congregate outside grounds. And the thing is, they'll make it unsafe for other people who are going to try and work there, such as myself. You know, I'm going there. Uh, well, I hope to be going there and I'll, I'll be I'll be working and, and broadcasting from a game. But if there's fans outside, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Is there any guarantee that these grounds have been decontaminated? They're talking about decontaminating grass. It's it's just ludicrous. They're pumping Spray money into it. I mean, I mean, I've seen that they're they're going to be spending. Clubs have agreed to pull to spend four million pounds on on PPE and four million pounds on testing equipment and stuff like that. I mean, I know where that money could go instead. You know. They're, they're desperate for that money, desperate for, for, for that money in the NHS and for, you know, sort of relief projects and stuff around. It's just a sad state of affairs right now. It really is a sad state of affairs. And, and let's be fair, the Premier League is, 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 is going to ultimately do what's best for the Premier League. You know, no but one else. This is also no going to have... This could also have massive repercussions on the Premier League's brand, though, as well, couldn't it? If if they do rush it back, if they do force this all through, and then they they make a, a, a mistake, and by a mistake I mean somebody somewhere along the line, sadly, unfortunately, loses their life because they were forced to go back too early. That could have huge implications on the Premier League as a brand, uh, you know, as this global. Uh, thing that it's become and then you know you said again about the contingency plan and, and what happens if two games in 
we we get these problems again. Now, in Italy, they've they've laid out a pretty clear contingency plan, and that is that if anybody tests positive for the co- coronavirus, that entire squad will need to go into quarantine for 15 days. The Germans have said we're going to be starting uh, we're going to be starting the competition up again, but we are aware that we may not be able to finish it, and they are they've mapped it out that if they can't. They can't, but they're going to give it a try. The Premier League just seems so hell bent on very getting back to normal. Exactly, very, and very you know, blase. maybe there are more plans behind the scenes that you know we're not privy to. But the the way they're communicating it, and I know they're not officially communicating it, it's coming from various outlets and journalists. It just feels like a big fucking mess, to be honest with you. And I've I, I've I, been I, told a month's time. I've been told thirteenth of June. That's from a couple of half decent sources that the first round of Premier League games will be played on 13th of June again. Who knows where we'll be by then? I mean, a couple of weeks ago, they were testing for vaccines and we never heard anything back, let's be fair. You know, it's just a very, very strange set of circumstances right now. Um, Very odd set of circumstances. In regards to the testing and regards to clubs and their approach with things, you'd imagine and you'd hope that club doctors would have a, a sort of a level of responsibility and a level of intelligence and, and sort of they basically they use their head a bit and go, right, you know, if, if one player's tested positive or, or X was we're gonna pull the lot out, you know? It could cause the Premier League problems. It could cause the Premier League problems. But it's it's just it's just a very odd state of affairs right now. Let's be fair, no one actually knows what the right answer is to do no one knows what the right thing to do is. Who who does, you know? Um the Premier League, again, is always going to do what's best for itself because that's what it did 28 years ago when it set up and moved away, broke away from the, the, the Football League. It wanted to do something good for itself and for the elite, and it believes it is elite. So let it do what it wants. You know, you, we've seen the EFL bow out effectively um, and turn around and say that it's going to... I believe League One and League Two will be scrapped now. Um, I don't think they can afford to with the Championship. I really don't think do you they think, can afford to. Do you think with the championship they'll go down the the points per game average thing that they've been talking about? And I think they're going to try and play on that. It I feels like it. you think they'll try and play. It? I think they'll try and play. It. Be interesting to see one-legged playoffs. Be really, really interesting. Yeah. One-legged playoffs. Try and play. It. I really think they're going to try and play. It. It'd be baffling if they don't, but I can see them trying, giving it a go at least. Yeah, and and particularly if they're watching the Premier League do it, and I know. They haven't necessarily got the resource, but it kind of it opens the door, doesn't it, for the championship? Because the two leagues are linked. And I know there is a link between League One and the championship, promotion, relegation, etc. But the biggest jump in finance is between the championship and the Premier League, isn't it? So it feels like they're, they're going to do everything they possibly can to make sure that that happens. Now, just finally as well, um, wanted to get your, your thoughts on this whole notion about the the Premier League coming back and it lifting the spirits of the public. Um, You know, mental health is a massive thing. We've heard people talk about it for quite some time now, quite openly, which is a great thing, of course. Um, But are now the the authorities in the Premier League, in your opinion, maybe hiding behind that a little bit and pushing it in front of them as a bit of a, as a bit of a cover for what they're doing and, and an agenda? I don't know about an agenda. I don't tend to look into things like that. I mean, I think everyone misses football, let's be fair. 
well, the majority of people, football fans will always miss football. Um, I know some people who won't miss the Premier League. Some people miss non-league. You know, it's it's not all about the Premier League. Whether they're utilising the fact that people miss it and and the element of mental health to try and push it and just give it, you know, get everyone sort of on their side effectively to, you know, I don't, I don't know, giving everyone that sort of false sense of security, like, yeah, go on, it's the, yeah, it's the Premier League, go on, everyone will be happy when it's back. Um, maybe. I'm 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 not sure. I'm really not sure. Uh it could be a case that they are. It really could be because they're so hell bent on recouping what's lost that they need to try any old trick in the book to try and try, try and get it done, let's be fair. Um I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I of course you can't I can't sit here and say that with any certainty, but it feels like when you hear some of the comments that are coming out of not just the Premier League, but from the government as well, it feels like when they're talking about the the Premier League is a massive earner for the government as well. If you think about the tax that comes from that competition and, and all the other stuff and, you know, the global appeal that it has and the impact that that has on the British economy, you can see why they want it to start up again. Of course. And given that we've been told so much utter shit during this thing uh, and we've heard members of the government come on TV and contradict each other literally within five minutes by giving completely different advice. We've seen that they were slow to act, etc. It just feels like to me that they're using or they're not. I don't want to say they're using mental health as a, an excuse to get their what they want, but it feels like they're kind of just throwing out trigger words that people are going to latch onto and in the hope that some of them words. Yeah. It's PR. Yeah. It's all PR, isn't it? It's, it's all PR. And there's, there's sort of spin doctors within camps who are, who are trying to push things to maybe distract the public to an extent as well. Um, we're suckers for believing it. <laughs> we're suckers <laughs> for believing it. And a lot of people are, let's be fair. You know, I, I'm not going to lie. I want it back more than anyone, mate. I want it back so, so badly. It's my livelihood. It's it's what I do on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, don't get me wrong. Part of me is a little bit um, a little bit apprehensive because I live with someone who is super high risk. That's why I haven't left my house in, what, nine weeks or something like that? Super high risk, you know, you know, who's got an immune condition. So, you know, I'm sat here going, well, do I risk my career? Do I risk the health of someone else? What do I do? How do I work it? And that's something I've got to work out. It's it's just a funny old state of affairs. It is indeed. Will you be watching the uh, Bundesliga this weekend? You looking forward to the oh, yes. scenes in live football? I I will be I will be watching the Bundesliga. I've got a select team that I'm going to be following. Um, there's some funny names in there, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have a look around and see who I fancy. But yeah, I'll be keeping tabs on that and all sorts of other football. Uh, I didn't quite catch the K League last week though. Um, I wasn't quite. You didn't miss K-League. it. You didn't miss much, I can assure you. (laughs) You didn't miss much at all. I thought it was... I mean, the standard of football wasn't great, but then again, I don't know if it... It was the... I think it was the first game of their season, if I'm not mistaken. So that... You've got to take that into account as well. The circumstances were strange. There were... All the staff, apart from the players, obviously were wearing masks. Players were instructed not to shout, if possible, from fear of spreading the virus. There were... um, crowd noises being played out of the speakers in the stadium it was such it was just weird it was really really weird to watch um so yeah I, I, you know whilst it wasn't the greatest thing you know it was nice to see a game of football being played live i guess to a degree um and that's the best we're going to get at the moment and hopefully well, you haven't been following the belarusian premier league you're telling me 
I have not. I've got to say, I did have a bet on one of the games, though. I've got to say, um, without knowing who they were or anything like that, I just fancied a bet. Um, come up on my app and I gave it a go, but I didn't win because I don't know Minsk, who the teams isn't are. Isn't it Minsk? Beats me, I mate. <laughs> Minsk. Anyway. I think Minsk is in Belarus. I think isn't Minsk there is a Dynamo in... Minsk? There is a Dynamo Minsk. I mean, they were they were brilliant on Championship Manager 102 for producing some. Very good players, some very good players. Peter Cachuro and uh, Maxim Tigalko. I think that's how you Maxim Tigalko, yes. What a I goal had... machine. Goal machine. Fantastic. But, um, yeah, no, the Belarusian Premier League, the K League, I haven't quite caught up on that. I will be catching up on the Bundesliga that hundred percent. I'll be I'll be uh, I'll be eagerly watching that. Great to see as well that it is all on BT Sport well. and um they're uh they've uh you know lifted that stupidness where you can't watch a game at three o'clock uh, in the UK, which is great news. I don't think it's stupid. Um, I don't think it's stupidness. I think it saves the game perfect personally in terms of that three o'clock ban. I think I, don't, I think it's very important. I don't think it's stupid in terms of the English game. I think it's stupid that we can't watch games abroad at three o'clock. There's been yeah. instances where where El Clasico has started at three o'clock and we've had to miss the first half because of it. Or, or started at four and we missed the first half. For me, when it comes to it, if you support a team in England, you're still going to go and watch them over. No, I, I disagree. I disagree. So, some people, you know, times are hard. People will, will look to save money. And if a TV subscription costs significantly less than a season ticket, plus all the extras you have with the season ticket, transport, food, etc., drinks, people do that. People become armchair supporters. What, but watching clubs that, are playing abroad that they have no interest. I apologize. In. I was talking about England. I was talking about England. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah I know you mean by clubs abroad. I agree. I mean, look, for me, La Liga's never been the same since Sky lost the rights to, to the Sunday evenings. You know, Sunday evening La Liga was the thing. If you're getting in from a game or if you, you know, you just finished watching Super Sunday, you'd watch Super Sunday the last word, then flick over and you'd hear the dulcet terms of Rob Palmer on on oh, Sky yes. Sports and uh, and you know it yeah, just Jerry Armstrong in co-commentary. Rob and Jerry. I mean, the, the best bit was when in sort of the early night, the the early two thousands, late nineties, early two thousands, where if you didn't know what teams were on, you wouldn't know because it just had the score. It ne- they never actually yeah. had the team names, and you'd be sitting there going, "Who's that? Is that Rayo Vallecano?" Was it, you know, it was um, it was a good time, but a brilliant set of shows. Uh, Revista was a great show. It's just a shame they lost yeah. the rights, really, and they could be bothered to buy the rights back. But yeah. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. But yeah, I, I think going back to that three o'clock thing, I think you're absolutely right. It protects the English game. I've got no no issue mm. with that. Um, I think, though, it, it gets a little bit frustrating when it, there's a big game abroad and maybe you want to watch it and you're forced to, to pick it up from the second half because of that. And when I just feel like that's a game going on abroad, it's not the attendances are not going to be affected by it being shown in another country. So, I wouldn't know, know. Saturday three o'clock. I'm never at home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never at home. Yeah, it's it. been very weird being well, at home at Saturday at three o'clock as well. Well, the it's Arsenal in, have been since the Arsenal have been in the Europa League. I've been at home plenty of times on a Saturday at three o'clock. Unfortunately, <laughs> United have been in the Europa, but work never stops. So <laughs> good stuff, Aaron. Thank you so much for joining thank me, mate. Much, it's mate. been great chatting to you and. um getting a, a little bit of an alternative viewpoint and it's some different discussion to the bullshit transfer rumours that everybody seems to be latching onto at the moment. Angel they're Gomez. All, Angel Gomez to, to Chelsea. They're all nonsense. They're, some of the things I read on a daily basis at the moment 
I want to tear my hair out um, because there is no way that that shit is going on right now, um, given everything else that's happening in the world. So it is what it is. We move on. Now, now we look forward to exactly. We look forward to uh, picking up some uh, Bundesliga coverage at the weekend. If you haven't already, uh, head over to Total Football Analysis. Uh, give them a subscribe and I'll be bringing you commentary of uh, Dortmund versus Schalke alongside their top analyst, Lee Scott, on Saturday uh, from around about 2.15. And then on Sunday, we'll be bringing you commentary of Union Berlin versus Bayern Munich as well. Uh, so head over there, uh, Total Football Analysis, give them a follow, subscribe, and it, you can find out how you can tune in and listen to some of, not from me, but some of the best analysis around from Lee Scott, um, who you may recognise from a couple of brilliant books he's written so uh until then take care of yourself stay safe my thanks once again to aaron give him a follow on the social media platforms his details are in the description below and uh, we'll be back next week with another edition of the social club until then take care <laughs>